Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. This is The Great America Show. Good to have you with us. And the Department of Justice, the FBI, the Deep State, all on display at the House Judiciary Committee hearing. One of their captains yesterday on Capitol Hill. No more forthcoming than usual, but clearly discomfited by the glare of lights, cameras, and angry Republicans. FBI Director Christopher Wray testifying on Capitol Hill. Clearly uncomfortable, his cheeks and mouth twitching incessantly throughout. Tough questioning. His customary smirk on display only a handful of times, no more. And the House Judiciary Committee Republicans didn't disappoint. They sharply questioned his integrity and that of the corrupt agency that he leads. Congressman Matt Gates made no pretense of cordiality. Gates asked Ray how many illegal FISA searches had been conducted under his command, and in particular, how many illegal FISA searches conducted in connection to January 6. Here's the FBI director's response and how little he professed to know. Let's go from the uncurious to the downright nosy. How many illegal FISA queries have occurred under your leadership of the FBI? Well, there are reports that have come out with different numbers about uh, compliance incidents. More than a million illegal ones? Because that's what the inspector general said. The inspector general said that in the 3.4 million of these queries, more than a million were in error. Do you have any basis to disagree with that, that assessment by the Inspector General? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure, actually, that's a, com- a correct characterization of the Inspector General's uh, oh, well, findings on well, that. The Internet but, will remind you of I, that in moments. But, but let, let's now go to uh, what the, the court said. The court said it was over 200,000 that have occurred on your watch. Would, would, do you have any basis to disagree with that assessment? Again, I don't have the numbers I sit here right now. What I can Seems like you- a number you should know. How many times the FBI is breaking the law under your watch, especially if it's like over a million to not know that number. And I'm worried about your veracity on the subject as well. Play, this, play the video. Letters for investigation the of the Capitol. I don't believe to- FISA is remotely implicated in our investigation. Are you, you- so, so there, Senator Lee's asking you whether or not FISA was in any way involved in your January 6th investigation, and you say no. It, was that truthful? I said that I did not believe it was. Okay, so now let's pull up what the court said, which was something a little different than what you said. So, so here, nope, that's not the right one. Yeah, here we go, right there. It says, the government has reported additional significant violations of the querying standard, including several relating to the January 6, 2021 breach of the Capitol. So I guess the question, Director A, is did, did you not know when you were answering these questions that the FBI was engaging in these illegal searches, or did you perjure yourself to Senator Lee? I certainly didn't perjure myself. At the time that I testified in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, I didn't have that piece of information. I will add... Well, that was a court order. You didn't have that piece of information because the court hadn't yet rendered a judgment. Did you not know when you gave the untruthful answer before Senator Lee that this was going on? It was a, it was a truthful answer. I did not believe FISA had been involved in the January But it was. So you didn't... The answer is... 
the FBI has broken so bad that people can go and engage in queries that when you come before the Congress to answer questions, you're like blissfully ignorant. You're blissfully ignorant as to the unlawful queries. You're blissfully ignorant as to the Biden shakedown regime. And it just seems like it gets into a kind of a creepy place as well. Go to our, our next image on what the court said. Like, just so the American people realize, the, the court has smacked you down, alleging or ruling FBI personnel apparently conducted queries for improper personal reasons. People were looking themselves up. They were looking their ex-lovers up. Who has been held accountable or fired as a consequence of the FBI using the FISA process as their, like, creepy personal snoop machine? There have been instances in which individuals uh, have had disciplinary action uh, and who are no longer with it. I, I can't get into it here, but we can follow back up. But with don't you, you see? Don't you see that that's kind of the thing, Director Ray? That you preside over the FBI that has the lowest level of trust in the FBI's history. People trusted the FBI more when J. Edgar Hoover was running the place than when you are. And the reason is because you don't give straight answers. You give answers that, that later a court deems aren't true. And then at the end of the day, you won't criticize an obvious shakedown when it's directly in front of us. And it appears as though you're whitewashing the conduct of corrupt people. Respectfully, Congressman, in your home state of Florida, the number of people applying to come work for us and devote their lives working for us is over up over 100%. We're deeply proud of them, and they deserve better than you. Congressman Gates impatient and in no mood, obviously, for Ray's dodging and dissembling. Congressman Wesley Hunt laid out for Director Ray how the two-tiered system of justice and the difference in the Department of Justice treatment if your last name is Trump and what it means to be a Biden. If you are a Trump, you'll be prosecuted. If you are a Biden, you'll be protected. And the American people that I represent are sick and tired of this double standard. It seems like every single hearing that we have in this room, we talk about the two-tiered justice system of Biden's DOJ and the FBI, and as we were talking earlier, here we are again. President Trump endured an unprecedented raid at his home in Mar-a-Lago. President Biden's home, however, was respectfully browsed. President Trump is facing up to 400 years in federal prison for allegedly being in possession of classified documents he obtained as the commander-in-chief of these United States of America. And meanwhile, President Biden is facing no charges for the classified documents he had held at his time as a senator and a vice president, not the president of these United States of America. And last I checked, he had no legal authority to declassify those documents. Assuming President Trump was in possession of said classified documents, would those documents be more secure, surrounded by Secret Service at Mar-a-Lago, or in a box, in a garage, behind your Corvette? No, they answer that question. Question for you, sir. What can you tell us about the status of the FBI's investigation of President Biden's classified documents found next to his Corvette in Delaware and those found at the Penn Biden Center? Do we have an update on that, sir? What I can tell you is that there is an ongoing special counsel investigation led by Mr. Robert Herr, uh, and we have FBI agents uh, affiliated with it, working on it, working very actively and aggressively with him on that case. Um, I obviously disagree with your description of the two standards. In my view, we 
at least under my watch, we have one standard. Okay. Uh, and that is we're going to pursue the facts wherever they lead, no matter who likes it. And I add that last part because especially in sensitive investigations, mm-hmm. almost by definition, somebody's not going to like it. So I understand, and that's actually why I led with the sentiment of the American people. I understand that, and, that, that's and your so, sentiment. So, so let me, so, I, I do want to finish this. So, so I want everybody to talk about this dichotomy that we have seen. I, I, I get your point, sir, but that's just not what we see as the public, as we the people. We see one case being fast-tracked and one case being slow-walked. We see one president's home being raided, the other president's home being kindly searched. You have one government agency, the Secret Service, protecting the former president and his home, and another government agency, the FBI, raiding the same home. Now, to me, sir, that's tragically ironic. And we expect more from a functional constitutional republic, and these things shouldn't be happening. Now, it's my opinion that Joe Biden is the most unpopular president we have seen in a century, and that's why he knows the only way to stop President Trump from beating him in November is by putting him in jail. You talked about this, Mr. Fry. In the 247 years of this existence of this great nation, only one president has ever been indicted by the DOJ and has home raided by the FBI. Now, some have said that President Trump's indictment means that no one is above the law. Okay, all right, I would love to see that. But what about Hillary Clinton? And what about Joe Biden? And what about Hunter Biden, who is America's favorite son? Let me tell you something. I got a four-year-old daughter and a two-year-old daughter at my house. Hunter Biden, to me, is like glitter. He is on everything, and you cannot get rid of him. And yet nothing is going to be done about this. We're sick of it. James Comey decided not to prosecute Hillary Clinton despite overwhelming evidence that she committed crimes. And as I recall, it was the position of the FBI to not prosecute because they didn't want to interfere with the presidential election. What do you call this? The Iowa caucuses are in six months. Six months. I think the American public would expect to see this from Cuba and from Venezuela and from Russia and from China, but not here. The people expect us to have blind justice. They expect equal justice under the law. It is not the job of the DOJ or the FBI to prosecute Joe Biden's top political opponent who was leading in every single primary poll, and the Iowa caucuses are in six months. Let the people decide. It's our job to uphold the Constitution. Under Ray, the weaponization of the Justice Department and FBI has reached depths of corruption and depravity never witnessed in our nation's history. Just yesterday, the DOJ indicted a man by the name of Gail Luff. He's accused of not registering as a foreign agent for his work on a Chinese energy company for which Hunter Biden also worked and who never registered as an agent for foreign countries. The difference is Gail Luft is a whistleblower against the Biden crime family. Joining us now, John Solomon, editor-in-chief of Just the News. John, great to have you back with us here on The Great America Show. And let's start with all of these whistleblowers on Capitol Hill. There are so many of them, so many charges. We all need a program to keep track of them. Yeah, it is. And it's the, the opposition knows that they can play in this 
um, area of confusing people, right? Tax law is confusing. So they try to switch terms. They try to do things. And they're trying to suggest that the whistleblowers aren't telling the truth when, in fact, all of the evidence points that. Let me just get to a couple of really good examples. Early on, Abby Lowell, the lawyer for uh, Hunter Biden, by the way, a very good lawyer, former criminal division chief of the Justice Department, he suggested though he didn't directly allege it, but he suggested that maybe Gary Shapley, the IRS whistleblower, leaked a story to the Washington Post in uh, October. And he leaves it there. And of course, everybody covers it. By the way, the Washington Post covers that allegation, even though they know who their source is. So, <laughs> yeah, and, and they stay silent about it. But Gary Shapley goes and puts a statement to Congress saying, I wasn't the source and I free the Washington Post. If they feel like they have any source relationship with me, I free them to confirm I'm not the source from this alleged grand jury leak that um, that um, Abby Lowe is alleging. And of course, the media uh, that's confusing. It confuses everybody what's going on here. And of course, the media doesn't play up Gary Shapley's response the way they play up the allegation from the Democrat or uh, from the lawyer representing uh, the Democratic family, uh, uh, Hunter Biden and his father. So these things are going on and they're all designed to sully up the whistleblower's reputation without really selling. They're not actually landing blows. They're actually not putting facts in there. They're using supposition and innuendo and suggestions. And so what you've seen the lawyers for Gary Shapley and the other IRS whistleblower do is be very much on offense, which is we're not going to take any punches without counteracting. And so day in and day out, they're doing this and they're now forcing people like David Weiss, the U.S. attorney in Delaware, the lead of the Hunter Biden prosecution team to start answering questions and, and to get pinned down on answers. And this happened this week. There are two things that happened this week. Uh, first, uh, after Gary Shapley made his allegations and his allegations are very simple. David Weiss and his staff signed off on a very specific indictment that took Hunter Biden all the way back to felonies dating to 2014 when he got the Burisma money in Ukraine. And then uh, Weiss went to the U.S. attorneys in California in District of Columbia, asked them to bring these cases. They turned him down. And then he says um, the uh, Weiss told the investigating team he sought a special counsel uh, designation and got turned down. That is what uh, he said. Now, Weiss has been putting little pieces. Of, I can't talk much about this, but it is true that I was geographically uh, limited to what I could bring. In other words, he was telling the truth. Uh, the whistleblowers were telling the truth when he said he himself couldn't bring the charges without first going to the Los Angeles and District of Columbia U.S. Attorney. So he's affirmed the whistleblower, even though the perception is he's challenging the whistleblower. He then went on to say that if I couldn't get those places, to, uh, prosecutors to do it, I could potentially seek um, uh, authority as a special uh, a prosecutor, meaning he has authority to bring a case in a district, even if the local U.S. attorney won't do that. So he again affirms the whistleblower. Now, he flatly says, I didn't seek special counsel um, uh, status. OK, so that's the difference between him and Gary Shapley. But it's a difference without meaning. Whether you're a special prosecutor or a special counsel, what you're really seeking is authority to bring the charges in a place where the prosecutor who resides in that place isn't willing to bring him. So again, it's affirming to the whistleblower story. You'd have a hard time telling that by watching the mainstream medium. But I think the big question here is who's telling the truth, right? That's what everybody wants to know. I want to point people to a document because uh, David Weiss has been trying to almost undercut the whistleblowers without doing it, just like 
Hunter Biden's lawyer, Abby Lowell, is trying to undercut them without actually directly challenging them. There is a very important document that most uh, people have missed. It has existed since the moment the House Ways and Means Committee first released the testimony of Gary Shapley and his colleague, the second IRS agent. It is a conclusions and recommendations memo. It is the memo that the agents on the case wrote after meeting with the prosecutors, and it, it delineates what the prosecutors agreed to. And it is very important to understand what this memo says. I'm just going to read this um, uh, uh, document. It's a couple pages. It was in included in the release of documents from Congress. A draft of this report has been given to the DOJ tax senior attorney, Mark Daly, as well as the assistant United States attorney, Leslie Wolf. Leslie Wolf is the right-hand woman on this case to David Weiss. A USA Wolf, in other words, David Weiss's deputy, has reviewed the appendices and the charges cited in this report and agrees with the prosecution recommendation of the above cited charges against Hunter Biden. This is a contemporaneous document that shows that David Weiss's staff signed off on bringing a much more sweeping case going all the way back to 2014, including felonies, including proving that Hunter Biden did not pay his taxes in 2014 on all that Ukraine money, or at least $400,000 of the money he got from Burisma in Ukraine. This is a very difficult document for David Weiss because David Weiss is saying, listen, I could bring any charge I want. Okay. Well, now we know you signed off on a bigger charge and then you didn't bring it. So uh, the person who has a lot of explaining to do isn't the whistleblowers. It's David Weiss. David Weiss has a contemporaneous document saying he signed off, his office signed off on prosecuting Hunter Biden all the way back to 2014 on a felony. And then he later only brings misdemeanors and they're come to much more present time, 2017 forward. David Weiss, if you signed off at it and you had the authority, the question Congress is going to ask is, why didn't you bring those charges? That's the current state of the case as we are right now. Uh, that's terrific, John. And uh, that the date of that is, uh, what date is that uh, memo, the recommendations, uh, conclusions and recommendations? The summer of 2022. Isn't that remarkable? Just a year ago. So it means even a year ago, David Weiss and his team were still on the idea that Hunter Biden should be prosecuted on a long tax evasion case going back to 2014, including a felony and including the allegation that he didn't pay money on Burisma. Why is that important? We impeached President Trump, uh, the Congress, a Democratic Congress impeached President Trump for asking for an investigation into the Burisma matters. We were told in 2019 there was nothing there. There was no reason to investigate. It turns out while that was going on, the U.S. attorney and Weiss had evidence and was moving towards a recommendation that Hunter Biden be prosecuted for not paying taxes on his Ukraine money. So it, this really is important stuff to history. It's important to understand how much the, the administrative state, the Justice Department knew about the Biden's wrongdoing and didn't tell the American people in 19 during impeachment, 20 during the election, 21 after Joe Biden took over and in 2022 when the agents and prosecutors were ready to uh, hit Hunter Biden with a very serious tax charge, and then they backed off. And the question is, why did they back off? We can infer from uh, what we know of why they did. What is interesting to me is what happens next, and the judge who has to decide about the sweetheart deal. Uh, you know, it's not really a slap on the wrist uh, that Hunter Biden received from uh, Weiss and uh, the Justice Department. Uh, it's really just a pat on the head. Uh, that federal judge with this, as you were reading, all I could see was uh, all of the papers exploding in front of this judge yeah. uh, saying, this can't be. 
I, I, I mean, it's outrageous on its face. Yeah, listen, here's the problem that those who want a more uh, who want the judge to intervene at present, the judge can only consider what's in the court record. And none of this is in the court record right now. It's in the court of public opinion, but it's mm -hmm. not part of the record upon which a judge can make a decision. So the real question is, this is a question I've been pressing lawmakers for. Congress is a potential victim of the Hunter Biden tax evasion scheme. What do I mean by that? They are by the constitutional power granted to them, the purse holders of the United States taxpayer. And it is Hunter Biden's failure to pay tax bases that gypped Congress of the ability to spend certain money during the years that it's alleged that Hunter Biden didn't pay his taxes. If Congress were to make a victim statement or to in, in, intrude and put a uh, some sort of motion in saying, judge, we have learned things that are relevant to this case. We are a victim. We have standing because we're Congress and we're in charge of the tax dollars that get spent. Then there would be something before the judge that potentially could help them to do that. Now, some of the people I've interviewed, like Jim Jordan, said, we don't want to do that. We don't want to intervene in the judicial branch. I don't know why. I mean, the judicial branch intervenes on congressional matters all the time. They are separate bodies of uh, uh, investigation or bodies of government, separate and independent of each other. But uh, there hasn't been the appetite for someone to get these facts before the judge, before she accepts the plea deal. There's only about a week or 10 days to do that. The court hearing is, I believe, July 26. So it's coming up mm -hmm. quickly. But the judge may not be able to make it. She may not be able to pull any of this information in from the public realm. She must make it only from the court record before. And right now, the prosecutors have not put any of this into the court record. But she can make a judgment uh, based on what is on the record, uh, this knowledge of what is happening here. At, at some point, we've got to decide in this country if we're going to have a justice system or not uh, and do the right thing, not just uh, the uh, things by the book. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, this becomes all semantics and uh, connotations uh, and, and shadows what is supposed to be law and what is supposed to be justice. Uh, it would be a shame if Hunter Biden got away with this on that basis, in my opinion. We're talking with John Solomon. He's editor-in-chief of Just the News. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. We're back with John Solomon, editor-in-chief of Just the News. John, uh, a fascinating uh, a point of law that you make about the judge having to approve the sweetheart deal, the pat on the head for Hunter Biden. Uh, at the same time, 
we have a an investigation by the Secret Service and presumably the FBI uh, since the the cocaine was found in the White House. Not a simple denial from any part of the Biden administration, not from the Biden White House, not his press secretary. No one has said no. The the first family is not involved. Your thoughts? Well, uh, I can't. No one has been able to understand the White House's position on this. There has been obfuscation. There's been denials. There have been denials that have been then contradicted. And Fox News did a good job. They had a press pool report that shows that after Corrine John Perez said the Biden family wasn't at the White House on Friday. In fact, they were. A press pool report showed they were still there. I think it's highly improbable based on the reporting I've done from people who have worked in the White House for a long time. And by the way, currently involved in this investigation that Hunter Biden would have entered that entrance in the White House. That's an entrance usually brought in by guests who aren't family members. The family te- typically goes through a different entrance um, uh, than um, than outside visitors. So the people coming into that entrance typically tend to be other government officials or people attending a, a meeting at the White House with the president. Uh, that still makes it incredibly serious and embarrassing to the White House that someone the president was likely meeting with or his senior staff was meeting with had cocaine on them and brought it into the White House and didn't think anything of it. Uh, but I do think that those are, I think a lot of people say, well, could this be Hunter Biden's cocaine? Of course, a lot of people want to know that because he's admitted he's a drug addict. He's got some criminal issues involving a gun and taxes right now. But the people who know the White House and also know what's going on in this investigation say uh, this is not the entrance that Hunter Biden would have come in, got swept for or left his cocaine or his phone in a box. And so I think we got to take that into account as we evaluate this. But why can't the White House on very simple things like this, be able to give us straight answers. Well, they have never given us straight answers. They didn't give us the truth about the Hunter Biden laptop this team did when they were running for Congress. They didn't give us the truth about the Afghan withdrawal. It took two years to get the truth on that. They haven't given us the truth on so many other major stories. Um, the record of this White House press secretary's team is they are not really the advocates of truth for the American public like every other press secretary before them. is. They are the obfuscators and oftentimes uh, the disinformation artists in providing the American public uh, about information that's very important to our policy and to our security. The, listen, the cocaine thing is more than just a, a federal felony of someone bringing drugs into a, uh, a, a federal property. Imagine if that cocaine was anthrax or ricin or something more dangerous. There's been a security failure that needs to be tightened up by the Secret Service and those who provide security in the White House. And a lot of people don't concentrate on this. This isn't just a whodunit about a drug case. This is a really a security failure that occurred in the White House, much like the security failures we now are learning about in the Capitol that predated and led to January 6th. Uh, absolutely. Uh, but it's also a security failure uh, in a in a White House that is as corrupt as it, it is the most corrupt White House we have ever seen in our country's history. Uh, that is that doesn't have to be adjudicated. That's not a matter of law. We are looking at evidence right now that has been brought up by the Congress of the United States and other sources. We know that this president cheated 
lied and and stole uh, the 2020 election. There is no doubt about it. Uh, it. One does not have to go beyond the evidence, whether it's by Bill Barr, whether it is the testimony, I, 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 FBI agents, uh, the Twitter files. We know what happened. And I don't see why anyone should be surprised, frankly, that cocaine is going through the, the hallways of the White House, given the, the moral standing uh, of this president and this presidency. Listen, one of the greatest election interventions, when history looks back at 2020 and it goes through all the smoke and mirrors and the debates and the January 6th and all these things, there's going to be one thing that's going to stand out. The man who won that election in 2020 concocted a scheme with 51 intelligence agents to write a letter. It was his campaign working with Mike Morrell to get a letter to falsely mislead the American people into thinking that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation and shouldn't be considered as part of the job interview for Joe Biden becoming president, when in fact the FBI months before that had already determined that it was Hunter Biden's laptop, both by getting the Mac ID, the uh, the computer address, and confirming that was the one registered to Hunter Biden, and then doing forensic analysis. Months before Joe Biden and his campaign concocted a false story, and then Joe Biden took that false story, the 51 uh, intelligence analyst, and he used it at the debate. He looked in the camera and said, it's Russian disinformation. He concocted that entire scenario. So when people say, should I trust him now? Should I believe what he says now? Just remember what he did in October 2020 to become president. He told the American people a story that wasn't true, and his campaign concocted the untrue story, working with 51 people that earned their credibility on the backs of American taxpayers, 51 former government intelligence agents. And what I find astonishing is that the national media, knowing their role in retrospect, if they did not know it concurrently with the events that uh, took place, the dastardly events, uh, that they have not acknowledged their role, they've not acknowledged their failings, uh, or they haven't acknowledged their guilt. Uh, it's only one of those two possibilities. And either way, the the fourth estate uh, looks more like a fifth column uh, carrying out the Marxist Dems and deep states agenda uh, against the Republican Party, conservatives and the American people. It's just, as you say, history is not going to be kind, nor should it be. I think one of the questions that we'll be looking at uh, retrospectively in a few years is why was the Republican leadership of the House of Representatives, why was there no urgency in moving these investigations ahead? Why was there no urgency in impeaching Joe Biden? If not Joe Biden, why not Alejandro Mayorkas, the head of uh, DHS, Christopher Ray, who will appear uh, before Congress, uh, I'm, I'm sure, uh, several times over the course of the next months. Uh, how about just uh, moving forward with some sense of urgency and, and at least convey to the American people they understand the level of corruption and what is right, the right thing to do at this moment? You know, it's hard. It feels like the Republicans have been in charge a really long time, but it's been only about six months. And there's been a lot of advancement, and particularly on the Joe Biden part of the Biden family scandal. For much of the prior years, it's always been focused on Hunter, poor Hunter, the drug addict. Uh, yeah, he traded on his dad name. But over the last couple of months, we've begun to get information that really shows what you and I suspected from the beginning, Lou, and that is that Joe Biden was the head of this uh, effort to uh, cash in on the family name. The fact that they've now uncovered the 1023 informant report, the fact that they now have um, 
a close family friend telling the FBI that Joe Biden attended the meeting with the Chinese, something he denied. The fact that Hunter Biden's business partner, Devin Archer, is about to testify in the next couple of weeks to Congress. These are pretty big advancements that move this from, hey, no story here, Russian disinformation to a very serious story, a tax violation by Hunter Biden. Oh, the president of the United States probably was directly involved in. Those are significant gains. I think when I've, I've asked these lawmakers the very question you have, and I think you had Jim Jordan on just the other day, why aren't you moving quicker? And, and the answer is we saw two drive-by impeachments. We saw two things where Democrats rushed through. They did half-cock things. They, they misinformed the public. There are now revelations coming out that half the evidence, they, or many of the, much of the evidence they presented isn't true or was lacking context. These Republicans have told me, this is what they say. I can only give you what they say. We're moving quickly, but we don't want to do a drive-by impeachment. We want to make sure that if we ask the American people to accept the next impeachment, that it's accurate, that it isn't based on false or political motivations like the sort of stuff, the garbage that um, uh, Adam Schiff misled the American people with for three years. That's what they say back. Now, uh, history will judge them. They all have a two-year window. Will they make a difference? Will they create the sort of accountability they promised people before they got elected in November 2020? The jury is clearly out on that. There's been some progress. There's been some new res- uh, uh, revelations, but there really hasn't been anything more, as you, you called it, a tap on the head, Dr. Biden. Uh, we'll see if Congress starts to bring uh, that accountability over the next several months. The clock is ticking. If they get into the election year and no real accountability has been meted out, I think the American people will say, hey, we gave you an opportunity. You whiffed. It couldn't go back to boomerang on them in the 2024 election. It absolutely certainly could. Uh, we're talking with John Solomon, the chief uh, editor-in-chief of Just the News. We're coming right back, and we're going to take up why those drive-bys occurred uh, and the distinction that we might make uh, between then and now. We'll be right back with John Solomon. We're back now talking with Just the News, John Solomon. John, I just wanted to to offer up what I think is a distinction between those two impeachments yep. uh, uh, attempted against President Trump and the impeachments that I believe are critically necessary urgently necessary right now of the Biden uh, regime. Uh, It's there is wholesale corruption throughout this administration. Uh, That is patently clear. But the difference is uh, the reason there was a drive by in the Trump years of those two impeachments is they didn't have any evidence. They didn't have a crime. Uh, They had the man. And they wanted to keep it moving and rolling and keep their tap dancing uh, going as fast as they could. Uh, and, and right now, we have the evidence. We have also the crime. We also have the individual squarely in the sights of the three principal investigating committees. Uh, if, if you add ways and means, four investigating committees uh, who who really, in my opinion, should proceed just so that the American people know that the Republican Party does know the right, uh, the difference between right and wrong, not just rhetorically, but in terms of law and consequence. Yeah, listen, that is such a powerful statement you just made, Lou. Um, There is one thing to get the facts out. Uh, There's another effort. The Democrats created opinions and false narratives and tried to make them look like facts. And, and it took five years for John Durham to unravel that 
uh, uh, bizarre mis- misconduct uh, by the FBI and by the Democrats in Congress. Um, what the Republicans have done since they came in is say, listen, we are not going to tell you what to believe. We're going to get you facts and let you make up your own mind, American voter. So they were able to get the border chief, Raul Ortiz, to acknowledge that Joe Biden lost operational control of the border. That had, the testimony had never been given before. And and that becomes very important. Wait, Joe Biden had operational control of the border the day Joe uh, Donald Trump gave him the keys. Now we don't. And as a result of that, X amount of fentanyl is coming in enough to wipe out the United States multiple times over now. Those are facts that are now in evidence. And if they do want to go and impeach uh, Mayorkas for uh, failing to do his job as Homeland Security. They're going to be able to say his border chief said this. The DEA reported that this person died. This person did this. They're building a factual case. They're not doing what um, uh, Adam Schiff did time and again, which is you'll just have to trust me if you tr- uh, believe not what your eyes are telling you, but what I'm telling you. If you're, if you're willing to see it, there was Russia collusion. That was one of the famous lines that uh, Adam Schiff gave us that I think is one of the more embarrassing moments in congressional history. So Republicans are building a factual case. They're putting fact by fact by fact. And then at some point, they're going to have to decide, did we put enough facts into the American public, to the American public, that we can ask the American public to accept a legitimate impeachment proceeding? We don't know the answer to that because Republicans haven't decided themselves. They're still in the process of getting facts. But there's a very big difference from the games of illusion that people like Benny Thompson and Adam Schiff played. And I, I, there are moments in my reporting where I realized just how bad the Democratic a game of a magic illusion, political illusion was. There's a moment, I remember this, where the Democrats went out and said, Bob Woodward confirms that this thing happened. And, oh, we can put um, uh, Bernie Carrick, the former NYPD commissioner, someone who gained fame during the his great work during the 9-11 crisis in New York. We have him in Washington. You have to trust us. And I did the reporting and I called Bob Woodward like, I didn't say that. I didn't report that. That's not true. And then a couple of days later, I got the toll booth record showing that Hunter, that um uh, Bernie Carrick was not in Washington like the January 6th committee claimed. He was in New York caring for a, a Democrat, uh, for a family member who was sick. Um, the Democrats never did the groundwork to justify their allegations. They made the allegations and hoped they could find the facts that would fit them. That's what Russia collusion was about. And now we're learning much of January 6th was really not facts. It was illusion, uh, movies, <laughs> Hollywood producers coming in and creating emotional appeals without the facts to back them up on some things. The Republicans are taking a more boring, but I think in the long term, different approach, which is we're going to start with facts. We're going to build the story wherever the facts lead. The story will be solid. And then we will ask the American people for political permission to do the things, whether it's impeachment or or uh, uh, removing funding for agencies or ending the FISA powers of the FBI. Maybe that'll happen this fall. So there is a very big difference in how the oversight hearings of the last few years, the impeachment hearings have been carried out. I, I think the American people sense that there's a difference. But the real question is, if they don't end up with any more accountability now than they got two years ago, four years ago, six years ago, it is a zero sum loss for the American people. So they want to see now, Okay, you're building a factual basis. What's the consequence? We're going to find out in the next few weeks, whether or next few months, whether Republicans have the courage to create consequences that voters are asking for. You're right. And uh, we're also going to find out. Uh, really, what kind of uh, what kind of people are in this investigation? Uh, they 
talking with Congressman Jordan, Chairman Jordan, uh, Chairman of the Judiciary Committee and Chairman of the Subcommittee on Weaponization of Government, uh, doing a, a magnificent job. But there is only there are only two weeks left before they have to adjourn for this summer. Uh, there is then all that will follow. Uh, there is the year will be gone before we know it. That's and right. meanwhile, a thousand people are in jeopardy of being arrested by the Department of Justice for their actions or accused uh, uh, accusations of actions uh, on January 6th. Another thousand. We have hundreds still in jail. Uh, prisoners uh, of political prisoners of this uh, deep state and the Marxist Dems. We have a responsibility, it seems to me, to proceed urgently because these are real. We have parents who are being accused of being domestic terrorists. We have school systems that are failing because of the rancid corruption of two teachers unions and what they're doing to school districts all over the country. We have thousands of children who are being mutilated, who are being groomed in public schools uh, it, from the age of apparently six on uh, in, in some places. We have great wrongs to right here. There are great sins that are being committed, and every day we do nothing. Every day that we fail to bring them to account, the Marxist stems, the deep state, the Marxist left, uh, that is on us. Your thoughts? I, I there's I can't I don't think I could find a voter in America who would disagree with what you just said. We have to have accountability, and time runs out much faster. And by the way, the Democrats are planning on running out the clock. They've done that for years, and they're very good at it when they're in the minority. They can slow down the processes, and some of what's going on in the Joe Biden thing is slowing down. David Weiss, I can't talk about this now, um, and uh, you know some of the witnesses constantly rescheduling interviews so they can't be interviewed. Um, the Republicans have to overcome these obstacles if they want to win the trust of the American people. Now, some very important things have happened that benefit the American people. Consequences. I'll give you a couple of them. Joe Biden, in less than a year, was blocked from uh, giving away four, five, six, seven, eight hundred billion dollars to pay off student loans for which he had no thing. That case went through the court system very effectively and quickly. And Joe Biden was told what he was doing was unconstitutional, illegal, and he couldn't do it. That's a consequence. Just 48 hours ago for the second time in a week, a federal judge told Joe Biden, you cannot infringe free speech of Americans like you did in 19, 20, 21, 2022. The Justice Department may not talk and other agencies may not talk to social media and censor political speech. That's protected. You got to stop it. So there have been some consequences and some reversals that protect the American people. Most of those victories have occurred in the courts. Most of those victories were prompted by either private parties or Republicans in the states, the attorney generals and others. Congress has built a good record of facts. They're, they're helping the American people understand uh, what went wrong. Why, why? Yes, Afghanistan really was the disaster that people thought it was. Yes, there's been illegal censorship. Yes, Joe Biden has very serious bribery allegations that have never been fully investigated. Yes, Hunter Biden got a sweetheart deal. All that is great on Congress's part. It's the first part of the bargain they have with the American people to get the truth out. But now they must create consequence. If House Republicans 
renew uh, the FISA authority like they did in 17 in the face of evidence that it had been abused against Donald Trump, they will be aiding and abetting the Democratic machinery in what they're doing. If Republicans don't create a early get out the vote system like the Democrats did and try to get themselves on equal ground, they will be at a disadvantage again in the 2024 election. If the Republicans wait to November 2024 to try to come up for a prescription for the open border, the fentanyl, the drug trafficking and the human child trafficking. They will not have won any favor with the American people. They've begun to create informational timelines and facts that aren't in the public record before. But the American people are not going to judge them on how well they got the facts out. They're going to judge them on how much they made America better. Did they use their authority to create accountability and to stop bad behavior? There's been a couple of victories, most of them not Congress. We'll see if Congress creates some accountability victories for the American people between now and really the spring of next year. By the end of by spring of next year, we're in the presidential season and everything's going to come to a grinding halt. So they really have a few more months to get the people's business done. Hence my question about urgency, the critical urgency that we face right now. Uh, John, I have to tell you what a delight it is to talk with you uh, whenever we have these opportunities. I appreciate you being with us here. And as you know, we always give our guests the last word here. Your concluding thoughts, John. There's going to be a couple big moments that I think we're going to learn from in the next few weeks. I think the two IRS whistleblowers will be in public for the first time and Americans can set their eyes on them and see what type of men they are. And then I think Devin Archer, He's slated to testify uh, right now. The date I'm hearing is July 23rd, so less than two weeks away or two weeks from today uh, or less than two weeks from today. He'll be testifying. Those are big, big moments. Those are important moments for the American people because they will learn things that have been long suppressed from them. We're going to find out from a man who will know, did Joe Biden take action to help Hunter Biden or Burisma or China or any of those other partners? That's going to be one of the big questions. We were trying to get it answered in 19 and 20 because of impeachment and the 51 uh, intelligence. We were deprived the truth on that. The moment of truth. Did Joe Biden actually take action to further his son's business deals while he was vice president, while he was using the authority and color of the government? If that's established this month, which it could be with Devin Archer, the true ultimate insider in the Biden family business. Then the question is going to confront Congress. What are you going to do about it? And that will be that moment of whether we see an urgent uh, uh, press towards accountability or the sort of rope a dope and excuse making that prior congressional Republican majorities gave the American public, such as they did on Russia collusion. They never really got very much uh, accountability for the Russia collusion uh, uh, players. So this next week, we're going to get probably the most in the next month, we're going to get the most important questions we possibly could get answered. And then the question is, what will Republicans do about it? Or will they just go into another election without uh, meeting out accountability? That's what's really at stake in the next few months. John Solomon, thank you for being with us here on The Great America Show. Thank you, everybody, for being with us. Follow me on Twitter and Truth Social at Lou Dobbs and on Facebook and Instagram at Lou Dobbs Tonight. And be sure to check out our new website, LouDobbs.com. The latest news and headlines. We hope you'll join us back here tomorrow for The Great America Show. Until then, thanks, God bless you, and may God bless America. 